You're looking at a Mars man extraordinaire. This man's on a shuttle. He's already headed to Mars. I've already talked to him on the phone. I said, Drake, safe travels, young man. And we sent him. He's on a shuttle to Mars. Mars man. Look at him. Look at him. You might be saying to yourself, Smitty, this guy didn't deliver last year. We loved him last year. What has changed? Everything has changed. So much so, I'm, I'm calling an emergency live stream, a Marsman live stream, the fantasy football show. Graveyard edition begins right now. Live from the FantasyFootballShow.com studios. It's the Fantasy Football Show. Live! Monday through Friday, 8 p.m. Eastern. Smitty is also live whenever news breaks. Live whenever news breaks. Live to break Mars men, Saturn men, Moon men. Doing it live. And this man right here, Mars man extraordinaire, Drake London, was a Moon man graduate from last year. He kind of failed uh, Moon Man School. It wasn't his fault, but he failed. We failed. We failed Drake London. Let's be honest. Let's not blame Drake London. Let's blame ourselves because Arthur Smith failed us, and we should have seen that coming. But Drake London is a man that is going to absolutely, I believe, explode going forward because of a lot of different reasons. We've talked about the coaching carousel and tracker all month long. And we, we're really at the point now where we know what we're dealing with. We don't have any ambiguity. We have Zach Robinson as the OC in Atlanta. We have Raheem Morris, a defensive mind from, from L.A. They're both from the Rams. They're both bringing that Rams mentality. This is a Rams staff. This is everybody but McVay coming over to now become the Atlanta Rams. So we have not only Bijan Robinson becoming Zach Robinson's, the OC, new OC in Atlanta, his new Chiron. But we also have Drake London potentially playing somewhat of a Puka Nakua role for Zach Robinson. That's his guy. This is going to be the, the the QB coordinator turned offensive coordinator, Zach Robinson, his main target. Look what he did with Puka Nakua. Can you tell me how many times defenses shut down Puka Nakua by double teaming him? Can anybody come in here and tell me why I should be afraid of Drake London being contained if this man brings in, if, this is the only if, if he brings in the right quarterback? And you could say that's the problem, Smitty, but I would tell you Zach Robinson wouldn't have accepted the job if Zach Robinson didn't feel like this was the environment to come in clean house in terms of the quarterback approach and say, I'll determine who my quarterback is. I'll bring the guy in I want. I don't want to go anywhere else. He interviewed with Pittsburgh or was going to. I don't even know if he completed the whole interview. He was going to go to Pittsburgh. Why? So he could be handed Kenny Pickett? He wanted to go somewhere to coach with this boy, Raheem Morris, now head coach, defensive coordinator last year in L.A. He wanted to, Zach Robinson, offensive coordinator in Atlanta, head over to Atlanta and coach with his boy. He wanted an offense that had a Kyron Williams. His name's Bijan Robinson. Zach Robinson wanted an offense that had a Puka Nakua. His name is Drake London. This guy wanted a, a, a tight end that the Rams didn't have. That guy's name is Kyle Pitts. The only thing Zach Robinson 
new offensive coordinator, monster, genius in the making, doesn't have as a quarterback, and he's got the number eight pick to get it done. Whether it's trade it for Justin Fields, whether it's draft Penix Jr. and surprise everybody, whether it's trade up and get Drake May, maybe they do something else with it. Maybe they get Russell Wilson if Denver cuts Russell Wilson. Maybe they trade for Russell Wilson, make Denver eat some of that contract and still keep number eight. Maybe they draft neighbors or somebody else, Adunze, with this number eight pick. We don't know what this man, Zach Robinson, is trying to cook up and concoct for 2024. We do know there are also some free agent wide receivers that he could potentially bring into the fold and say, guess what? I need another Cooper Cup to go with my Puka Nakua. I need somebody to pair next to my boy, my new Puka Nakua, Drake London. Drake London comes out of a, a somewhat disappointing year one and year two in Atlanta under the command of very bad Arthur Smith, horrible coach, and this guy still had pretty salvageable numbers when you look at it, considering he never got the football consistently. 69, 905, and 2, 72, 866-4. Nothing to cry home about, nothing to write home about, nothing to get excited about, but it is it is it is a player that it doesn't matter what he's done statistically. We know the handcuffs were on him. We know what he's capable of doing. And I and I should say this. There are very few wide receivers in the National Football League that I feel have the ability to be 100-yard receivers more often than this guy. Like, there are a handful, sure, but this is the kind of guy that gets you multiple, at least two 170-yard games, or 100, we'll call it 150, multiple 150-yard receiving games in, in given seasons. He, he's a monster. We just don't know what he's capable of. And we need to understand that before the season began, our hopes were super high, even with the horrible quarterback situation. Now, you could say, Smitty, I'm going to deflate your balloon right now and tell you this is why I'm not on board. Smitty, we're going to totally... I'm I'm going to wait until there's a quarterback. And everyone's going to comment this in the in the comments. Not everybody, but two or three bobs are going to come in and go, Smitty, until I know it's quarterback. Good, good for you. Good for you. You want to wait until they have a quarterback and then you got to pay top dollar? Go for it, Bob. I don't care about... We, we don't know who's quarterback. Get some balls. Put it on the table, bro. Try and figure out how you're going to take risks in fantasy football. you can, You got to try and see things before they come. That's what this channel's for. I'm not here to, to tell you what to do after something great happens. I'm trying to tell you to do something before the great thing happens so you can take advantage of it. When everybody was saying, we don't know where Zach Robinson's going to go, what if Zach Robinson doesn't land in Atlanta? What did your boy tell you? I was here for about 48 hours straight telling you it's going to happen. It's going to happen. Zach Robinson's a lock for this Atlanta situation. Why? Because Raheem Morris, his counterpart in LA, is going to bring him over. And why in the hell would Zach Robinson want to go anywhere else when he could go be OC for someone he knows, someone he knows their defense will be cohesive with the offense, somebody he knows won't give up on him, somebody he knows that, that will enable him, somebody he knows that will give him everything he wants and he can be upfront and honest and say, you give me full control, give me give me carte blanche, everything. I want, I want all control. He knows what he's getting. He can't go somewhere else where he's handed a quarterback, handed unknown, doesn't have the rapport with the coaching staff, doesn't, this is the, this is the LA Rams 
coaching staff minus the head coach, Sean McVay, who was left in L.A. Now, L.A. will be fine because McVay is the coaching tree marvel. He's the one that that created this little, little offspring of Zach Robinson and Raheem Morris. And Raheem Morris was in the league before, but he, he was cultivated in this system for three years. He's come into his own. And this staff went to bat for Raheem Morris. So if you come in and run your mouth about Raheem Morris being a bad option, and why did they do this? This is why the Falcons are the Falcons. Twitter was full. X was full of people just running their mouth about how this was the dumbest signing. This is why the Falcons are the Falcons. This was an unbelievable signing. Bringing in Raheem Morris as new head coach of the Falcons is unbelievable. It is potentially as impacting as D'Amico Ryan's in Houston. And because of Zach Robinson, everything that this guy brings to the table gets amplified. D'Amico's not the offensive mind. He's not. It's Sloic. And Sloic on today's news was brought back to Houston, which is great news for uh, Stroud, Tank Dell, uh, Nico Collins and the future RB, whether it's Derrick Henry, whether it's Barkley, whoever the Houston Texans bring in. And you almost know damn well, Jacobs maybe, you almost know damn well the Texans and the, and the Ravens are two front-runner teams to bring in Barkley, front-runner teams to bring in Henry, front-runner teams to bring in Jacobs. The Ravens are going to want to solve that problem. The, Reagan, the Ravens fell this short to going to the big game, and they want to maybe solve that problem, Right. What could solve that problem? Let's get a, a workhorse running back in there. Well, 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 why don't we draft a young rookie? You don't need to because the running backs don't get paid in the NFL. Going and getting a Barkley is not that expensive at all. So Barkley's going to be on the radar of the Texans. And Sloic is uh, in, in Ryan, D'Amico Ryan's together. It's fantastic. And, and my whole point is the the uh, the, the uh, Zach Robinson, Raheem Morris combination is very similar to that. The blueprint's there. The blueprint is there. And with Arthur Smith out of the way, he's in Pittsburgh. Say goodbye to all Pittsburgh Steelers fantasy football players. Say goodbye to them. You know, say goodbye to Pickens. All the upside, goodbye. That guy won't hang with an Arthur Smith offense. He's going to get unraveled. He's going to go off on Arthur Smith. He's going to be in the doghouse before week four. Pickens will, uh, will, will unravel in that situation. Don't go near the running game. I mean, could Arthur Smith somehow reignite what he did the year prior with Algier? There has been, as we talked about on the 8 p.m. show tonight, success stories of Arthur Smith leading into this past season. But I'm not trusting that man with anything at this point. Just like Bill had success, you're not trusting Bill Belichick right now too much either, are you? Why are we going to trust Arthur Smith? I'm running away from everybody in Pittsburgh. And I'm and I'm quietly gr- glad because of, and, and Ron talked about this, I don't think I'm insulting Ron, because of the way Tomlin is operating, because Tomlin allowed Matt Canada to ruin this team for a long time and before he made a decision to get rid of him, that 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 makes me feel comfortable that if, if, if Arthur Smith's got to go somewhere, let him go somewhere where I, I think people are kind of spiraling out of control anyway. And don't even think about Deontay Johnson having a, a lick of value because this man requires 10,000 targets to catch 100 balls and he ain't getting crap this year. So, you know, maybe the only person that's going to escape this might be, just, just might be, Jalen Warren because Arthur Smith is going to say he's the best goal line back in the National Football League because he's the backup running back. So get ready, buckle up. It's going to be a wild ride 
in Pittsburgh this year. This right here, Atlanta Falcons situation under the command of new offensive coordinator, quarterback guru, QB coordinator from the LA Rams, the Puka Nakua creator, and uh, he, he and McVeigh together, the, the Rams potent system that could torch anybody. They could torch anybody. Nobody could contain the Rams. I don't care who the Rams played. They were too dynamic of an offense to slow down. There was no way you were worried about the matchup with the Rams. Kyron would run down your throat, which is why Bijan is a Saturn man. The Saturn men. One small step for man, one giant leap for Saturn. This guy under the command, even though even though Zach Robinson was the QB coordinator, he's still game planning scripting for this man Kyron Williams to catch footballs to be in the offense to be running like a monster and when when Ryan, uh when Zach Robinson is used to one running back being in the system Kyron Williams he's planning on having one running back in the system he's planning on designing runs for that one running back in his system he's not he's not running multiple running backs he's not designing passing plays for multiple running backs he is used to it's ingrained in him to use one running back. I doubt he goes over to Atlanta and, and gets handed the running back he sought out to be his running back. He gets handed arguably the best talent in the National Football League, Bijan Robinson, from this moment forward in terms of going into a, a situation who's the number one pick at running back. If you're a GM and you've got a clean slate, you've got no team and you're drafting RBs first and someone says you got the number one overall pick, what running back are you taking? Of course you look at Hall, of course you look at Gibbs, but if you're building a franchise from the ground up and you've got no players and you're told to draft an RB, you'd be almost nuts not to consider Bijan being the number one or number two overall running back in the National Football League from here go forward in dynasty thought process, from building a franchise thought process. And so this guy walks into a situation where he's used to using one RB, even if it wasn't his choice, which you don't know, I don't know, we all don't know, we weren't a fly on the wall the day they they, they crafted and architected this offense, but you know that he's used to using one running back even in his design passing plays and situations. I love Zach Robinson, and what Zach Robinson does on the ground will only assist the pass. What is what what helps via the pass will only help the run. This will cascade back and forth. Raheem Morris will bring the defensive mindset, and it'll all cascade back and forth. Better defense, better passing game, better running attack. It all feeds into each other. Atlanta's going to the moon, and it does all revolve around the quarterback. And so they do. They must. They have to go get somebody. But I feel very confident in Zach Robinson's ability to recognize what he needs to do, what he did, replicate what he did over in LA. He knows he can't do that with Ritter. He knows he can't do that with a mediocre quarterback. He'll either go identify a rookie he loves that he thinks can be his Matthew Stafford or he'll go get Russell Wilson, which some might say is not the greatest thing in the world, but it's absolutely 500 times better than anything we've seen in Atlanta yet. So I'd be on board with it if it was the best move, the only move. And it also allowed them to keep this eight pick and maybe get neighbors or somebody else like Adunze or offensive line piece, whatever they want to help ensure that what Zach Robinson has in his plan will be elevated and executed upon. This is 
a man I trust in Zach Robinson. This is a situation I love in this Atlanta Falcons offense. And Drake London is going to go to the freaking moon. Drake London is going to Mars. Drake London is a Mars man. He's on a shuttle to Mars. Mars man. Wouldn't shock me if London had... I mean, look at this. Look, 69, It wouldn't shock me if he had 11 to 12 touchdowns. 95 receptions or 100. Let's call it 100. I mean, if he can get 70 receptions in this horrible situation here, uh, it, it was... Uh, let me see if I can pull up... Uh, I think I had it right here. He, if he can pull up, if he can, if he can pull in this kind of these kind of numbers, like his worst his worst seasons, it, we'll, we'll, it's, we'll call his average. Well, his average, his average is seventy receptions, roughly 70, 71 receptions. That's his average, seventy point five, whatever. Like, like if he can get that in the worst of situations, I don't, I don't see how a hundred is is even is even high. That's like a low number. Hundred receptions, twelve hundred receiving yards, and we'll call it ten touchdowns. In my mind, with a great quarterback in the offensive mind, that is Zach Robinson. 1,200 yards, 10 touchdowns, and 100 receptions is the floor for a healthy Drake London. And if Zach Robinson is successful in recreating a lot of what he did in L.A. over in Atlanta with the new Atlanta Rams, I, 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 think, you're, I think you're looking at Pukunakua. Like numbers with the touchdown capability that this guy has. Not saying Puka can't become a consistent 10, 12 touchdown guy, but this guy feels like he is a top five or six touchdown potential getter in the National Football League. He entered the league that way. He's a go up and get the football 50 50 specialist. He's a dominate the space around him. He's a completely doubted guy right now. And the reason you doubt him is because you've been consistently 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 watching this not go well you're being brainwashed by recency bias in your in your own world just by watching arthur smith abuse him you don't trust drake london none of us do fully i don't even trust him as much as i should and i'm one of his biggest fans right now i'm merely trying to tell you the instinct you have to run away from the situation is natural and, and no one should put all their eggs in one basket anyway, so you don't have to look at it like you're, you're throwing all your teams away if this doesn't work out. His value, he's going to be a tremendous value anyway. Looking at a, a, a draft right now, let me go into one of my active drafts. Let me go and look and see where Drake London is ranking in. Drake London is under uh, Cooper Cup. He's under Neighbors, Waddle, T. Higgins, Tank Dell. He's at wide receiver, his ADP. Right now is 50 overall on Underdog Fantasy. We're about to get in a draft right now. On Underdog Fantasy, I got it. Actually, I got it right here. Why don't I just bring that up? Look at his ADP. Drake London. I'll star him right there. I'll expand him. His ADP is 50 overall. 50 overall. Coming off a 905-yard season. About to be handed Puka Nakua duties. And he's going below Cooper Cup. He's going below a rookie who I like, but Malik Neighbors. Going over a very disappointing and hard to trust Jalen Waddle. Same thing with T. Higgins. Just above Jaden Reed. Just above Zay Flowers. Just above Pickens, JSN, Addison. This is a tremendous value. Drake London, 
to the moon. The ADP supports it. Everything I'm saying, the the risk is baked into the situation completely. There's there's I can't imagine another wide receiver that has number one wide receiver ability that you could have later. This is look at this list right here. I'm not saying Tank Dell can't be a number one. We love Nico as well. That'll be a debate for the ages, right? But when you look down a little bit past Dell, look how far down Drake London is. He's a handful of spots below him. Look at everybody here. Addison, JSN, George Pickens, Zay Flowers, uh, Jaden Reed, I love a lot too, by the way. Drake London, Cooper Cup. I, I like Cup at a, at a certain point, but he obviously comes with so much risk that he's not a wide receiver one. The only wide receiver one sticking out like a sore thumb is Drake London. He sticks out like a sore thumb. You could literally go zero wide receiver until pick 50 and draft your number one wide receiver and go balls to the wall crazy. Yeah, I know you're a little bit insane. That's your wide receiver one. You want to try a zero wide receiver strategy. Drake London is your best chance. He's your best hope. He's your fun, absolute smash of a wide receiver one and the latest wide receiver one I can find. Phone lines are open. Call into the show. Call, call into the show. And let's get into an underdog fantasy promo code Smitty uh, uh, draft right now. I'm going to drop the, the promo code right now. Underdog fantasy promo code Smitty. We'll, they'll double your first deposit up to $100. Hit that link right there if you want to get into this draft here. We'll wait about two or three minutes. Let me minimize it real quickly. And uh, let me just minimize it a touch right here. I'm in this current draft right now. They, they have slow drafts. I love doing the slow drafts. The slow drafts are fantastic because you can. they got an eight-hour timer. Uh, but go ahead and go to the lobby. Go to the little board, which is, I believe, the very last card. So you're going to swipe through all these cards right here to the very end. Little board, $3 an entry. The underdog minimum is 10 bucks. They'll double your first deposit up to $100 using the link that I just dropped. I'll drop the link again right now in the live chat. There it is again. They'll double your first deposit. So the minimum is 10 bucks. You do 20 bucks, they'll give you 20 bucks. You do 100 bucks, they'll give you 100 bucks. You do the minimum $10, a measly $10, they'll give you 10 and you'll have 10, you'll have $20 to then draft uh, a handful of these $3 teams, a couple, you know, a couple $5 teams, whatever you want to do with it. But make sure you go over to the link that I just dropped. It's in the description of the video if anybody's watching a replay and you don't have access to the live chat link that I just dropped. Go to the the description Use code Smitty, and um, I'm not. I'm just gonna click on it. Click the green button now if you want to jump into this draft with me. Click the green button now. I'm gonna wait 10 seconds because there's a 10 second YouTube delay. Drake London to the freaking moon, and nobody in this draft take him in the second round after we just had that conversation. Like, like use use uh, use some common sense to to make sure we, you get you get good value. Ten more spots. To fill, so we should all be able to jump into this one together. Nine more spots to fill, eight more spots to fill. You can see these these spots fill up like crazy. Travis, you are live, young man. Uh, you know, no need to agree just because of the topic is is you know uh, un, unveiling a a Mars man. But what do you think about Drake London right now? Drake London. No, I've, I've, been, I've been waiting for us to do some uh, talk on Drake London because. He's one of my favorite receivers, so I think he just got a raw deal the past couple of years, actually. Um, what I was going to say was, um, well, personally, I'm excited because I have 
him on my uh, I only have one dynasty team like I said last year in the first year but I've got him Puka and I have a first overall pick too so I could take Harrison if I want to and have those three so I'm looking forward to that but I, I really do think that when you're you're in a position to wait on a wide receiver you know and some people feel so uncomfortable um wait you know waiting on a wide receiver one it's just especially in best ball like people make fun of you if you don't go heavy wide receiver or in dynasty if you don't go heavy wide receiver people actually like how do you not go heavy dynasty wide receiver in a dynasty because there's certain strategies that fit and certain strategies that don't fit with the flow of a draft you know um that's why i always say best player available i can find no other player on this list of wide receivers that feels more top five to ten, and I, I want to throw top five in there, top five to ten, mm-hmm. big range, top five to ten capable. I can find no wide receiver, and let me sort it by wide receiver because this is going to be the full list. No one on here, he's you can't even see him. He's not. He's a whole scroll below. No one on here has top five to ten upside that I can find later than Drake London. Like if I scroll here, right, Devonte Adams. D.K. Metcalf, Marvin Harrison Jr., Olave, Pittman, Evans, Devonta Smith, uh, Keenan Allen, Tank Dell, Higgins. Um, it's crazy. Like, Cooper Cup, uh, Drake London. He's all the way down here. Let me just show everybody. See, I start him right there. And I'll even expand him. So, I've expanded him here. Look how many wide receivers are in front of him. So, when I say he's wide receiver one capable, I'm not picking wide receiver 13. And saying, hey, he could be wide receiver one capable. Well, sure. 12 wide receivers are wide receiver one capable. Number one is an elite wide receiver one. Number 12 is a low-end wide receiver one. I'm literally saying, and how many wide receivers are showing here? Debo, that's one, two, three, four. Let's see, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Debo, so you see 11 players on screen right there. He's not... He's he's twenty. Uh, the, let's see. Does it tell me what wide receiver he is? Wide receiver twenty nine. Tells you right there. Wide receiver twenty nine. So when I say he's five yeah. to ten capable, and he's wide receiver twenty nine, that that the risk is all baked in. If I'm wrong, he's earning you this value. If I'm dead wrong on this on this Marsman prediction, and, and assuming he doesn't suffer a season-ending injury in week three, which we can't control. If I'm wrong on this and he plays 17 games, you're getting probably more than your value back still. <laughs> like I like I won't even feel bad yeah. for anybody. If, if if let's say he doesn't become a wide receiver one, I'll fe- I'll lose zero winks of sleep because everybody's getting it's like putting $10 down on on red, it the ball bouncing around and hits black and then they give you your 10 bucks back. <laughs> like that's what this that's what this is. You draft Drake London as wide receiver 25 to 29. Doesn't matter what you're doing, you're getting exactly back what you put in. And if you land it, you're winning leagues. Yeah, and like you were saying about the quarterback situation, you know, could be wrong, but I feel like the worst that happens is um, like a Russell Wilson type, and I think he can support him. Roger. If they were to bring in, they were to bring in like a Penix or something. It's not like Carolina where there's no weapons there. There's no, nothing built around them. 
that team is ready made for a quarterback. They have the Ro weapons. They have a good defense. So. Roger, Roger says if Atlanta gets a QB, we will we will talk. This is what I was talking about earlier. Roger, no, we yep. won't because he'll no longer be a value. Roger, that's what I'm talking about. Roger, this is what I said earlier. Someone's gonna come in. <laughs> Here we are. No offense, Roger, but Schmitty, once they get a quarterback, then we'll then we'll go all in. <laughs> like that's the whole point. That's why we're here. You know what I heard earlier, Roger? What once Zach Robinson officially becomes the OC, because he might not be, then we'll be excited about Bijan. You play you play this late, you can't be scared. Scared money don't make money, Roger. Scared money don't make money. Um I still appreciate you, but yeah, yeah. this is what we're You have to assume they're gonna get a quarterback. I'm that that's the name of the game. Like, hey, let's wait and see if, uh, you know, you, you can't, you can't, you can't. Why don't we wait and see if Aaron Rodgers stays healthy all year long before we then buy into Garrett Wilson this year? <laughs> let's, let, let's get in a time machine after, come back and then draft. You know what I'm saying? I guess my question, I guess my question to him would be, you know, what, what does he think they're going to do at quarterback? So is he just... He's not not even looking at him. He just has blinders on until until they get it, and then he addresses it. Or is he assuming, oh, they're not going to get someone? It's going to be a know. disaster. Because unless they're incompetent, they're going to get somebody. Oh, look at look at the ball. The He's on the phone line, and he's in this draft. He took. He, you're messing with uh, Brees Hall's ADP there, DeBolt. Um Christian McCaffrey goes number two overall because DeBolt's in the draft, and he took he took Brees Hall. That's all right. Walk us through it, there, DeBolt. <laughs> I'm gonna take Breeze. Of course, he's gonna be RB one. I mean, I can't, I can't get mad at you. I just don't, don't, don't be taking Drake London in the second round now. All of a sudden, we uh, we definitely affected ADP last year. Yeah, I mean, we we were we we uh, affected ADPs last year in a lot of a lot of ways that that were warranted and like we were we looked like geniuses and we affected ADPs in a lot of ways where it didn't work out <laughs> you know like that's the nature of it. that's what I'm telling Roger scare money yeah. don't make money like Bijan Robinson we had a heavy hand in him if I had to really be honest I'm not even trying to you know boast our our uh, our power and reach here as a community cuz we draft so much in mock drafts and in best ball but like we had to have moved Bijan, our community alone had to have moved Bijan up at least one draft slot minimum. I'm gonna go Kyron because he's seven feet tall, and I'm gonna go man. Uh, how do you th how do you feel about Garrett Wilson this year? Like it's so tough because I I love him. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know what I don't know what else I would I mean, do here. I don't want to I don't want to reach on anybody. I'm just gonna go Garrett Wilson. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get a balanced attack here because best player available allows me to have don't, a, a balanced attack. But don't you have to assume Rogers is healthy? Yeah, yeah. Same thing. Yeah, same thing. I was telling uh, Roger earlier. Like you can't you can't wait and see. But I'm I was curious what you how you felt. You know what's great about London and Garrett Wilson is that. The disappointment was so heavy and real that it's gonna mm -hmm. affect people. You know, like you're gonna you're gonna naturally look at Garrett Wilson and go, I don't know. You know, even if you believe in Aaron Rodgers, he looks great. It's gonna take like a bunch of touchdown practice missiles where the two are connecting again for people to be like, yeah. Okay, Garrett Wilson's back, you know. But 
because it was such it was such a traumatic thing to watch Bijan get misused and to watch Garrett Wilson not have the support he needed. So it, it you know it's naturally you're building in like Garrett Wilson there. I felt like it wasn't a big reach because his ADP was right around there, but I have a feeling you you're gonna see him not climb unless there's some touchdown connections going on between the two again really soon. Like you're gonna see him, I think, linger and maybe even fall. I think some people will climb before yeah. Garrett Wilson climbs into like the eight to twelve range again. He's naturally protected into a traumatic territory where people are just not probably going to move him up. They'll most likely move him down, but we'll see. Uh, I like the balanced approach so far of my squad. Uh, the Bijan Nico Nico's tough because I love Nico, but I don't know that I can put him in the second round. I like him. I just rather tank take Tank That's Dell in four or five. Then take Nico in two. I don't hate Nico in two, but I just I don't like my I don't like the the strength of my team. It feels a little bit a little bit uh, I don't know how should I say light with Nico in that second draft slot. It's not about Nico. Nico could absolutely ball out, but you know I I just think that putting him in the second round slots really tough or at least like if you did the 2 3 turn it'd be different maybe but right there at the beginning of round 2 I don't hate it I'm not I'm not ripping on it I just don't know that I love the pick Yeah just just compared to what else you could grab there I suppose um, the, um, the the one other thing I was going to say and then I'll, I'll let the ball to whoever else is on the oh. line I'll I'll shut up and let them talk um Earlier tonight on the earlier show, I forget who it was, um, super chatted in about making a trade for London, and he traded it was Hig for T Higgins and some picks or something for London. And I would I would tell people if you can get a trade like that done, like go and explore something like that because there's a lot of people right now that'll look at that and be trying to get rid of London. Yeah, We're, you know our our community is trying to get him. And a lot of people look at London and go, oh, he only had two touchdowns last year. Like, that's not doing anything for yeah. them. They don't have a quarterback, you know, and so you yeah, the, get him at a value right now. Oh, oh, man, Perps dropped a $100 holler. I got to fire off the boss horn. Hold on. Oh, boy. <laughs> so anybody that doesn't know the boss horn, it, once it strikes uh, uh, 11 p.m. Eastern, I can no longer do the boss horn after 11 p.m. Eastern for 20 bucks. I convinced Miss Mitty to accept $100 haulers and that she's just going to have to be fine with it. She said only if I upgrade her iPhone. And so I'm giving her an upgrade from, I think she's got like a 12 or 13, iPhone 13. She wants the brand new, what is it, 15? The brand new 15 upgrade. And she says it has to be $100 haul. If she hears the horn, she needs to know, okay, I know what's going on. <laughs> so perp said let's do it perp said let's do it live um i'm almost on the clock but let's do, let's go ahead and do this first hold on one second guys one second here we go alert super chat alert perp appreciate you can you believe denny almost world alert super chat alert Please protect me. Miss Smitty said she's good with it, but we wonder if she will be. <laughs> oh, man. It's so late. Doing that feels so much louder when we do when we do it late. Okay, real quickly, DeBalt, because I'm going to be on the clock in a second, so I just need a one-second explanation. Why did you take Tank Dell at the 
a 2.12. Again, understand, none of these things are me saying I don't love Brees Hall. You know how much I love Brees Hall. You took Brees Hall at one. I know you want to get your guys, but Tank Dell's like, I want to say like almost a fourth rounder. And we're we're feeling, I know you won't get him. I know you won't get him back, but that's, you got to be careful not to F up the ADP too much. But go ahead, explain. Considering what I saw available um, and how, how much longer it was until I got my turn back, I don't think he would have lasted coming back to me. How how far down was he so, when you were picking him, though? Was it at least like 10 spots, 12? Like, what was it? Yeah, he was far down. Yeah, um, I, was actually, I was actually hoping to get Marvin Harrison and Devontae Smith. That's who I was targeting. So, um, But you got Marvin Harrison <laughs> before I can, so I had to make a pivot. I got Marvin Harrison. I got Garrett Wilson. You got, you got Garrett Wilson? Yeah, I got, I, I'm got. i at the far end of the draft. Somebody the, got Marvin Harrison. I got Kyron and Garrett Wilson. All right, hold on hold on one second. So I'm on the clock here. Yep. Now, London London is actually quite a ways down. Hold on a second. I'm going to time out. I guess I'll go, dang it, I'll go Laporta. Okay, because I was going to time out. I'll go Laporta. So right now I've got Kyron, Garrett Wilson, Laporta. Um, I could go QB, or I could take. I don't like these players. I could take the London. I could take London here. He's a little bit down there though. This is a reach, but uh, man, I'm I'm kind of doing what I just yelled at the bolt about. He was a little bit down there, but I too would not come back. And get him, and, and I, I was timing out, but I, I didn't know that there there weren't any players. I don't want Pittman here. I know a lot of people love Pittman. I'm just I'm kind of waiting to see on Pittman. Keenan Allen's too old. T Higgins, Cooper, none of those guys excite me at this stage. Mike Evans, he's older. I don't know James Cook. I don't trust. So like literally this entire list, Drake Lennon was the best player available. So I just took him. But yeah, yeah. I, I feel good about that. Sometimes you have to do that. Yeah. And I think, well, well, and well, not not to it? not to try and oh. not to try and yell at you, Debolt, about it. And I'm not really yelling at you. I'm just kind of feeling you out. But then do it myself. But like the later you do it, the less impacting it is to you. But just be. I, you know what my advice would be, Debolt. My advice to, to you would be though is I know you're looking at this and you're saying, "Hey, I'll never get him back." Though Tank Dell is not going to be there. I would just say, use this as an opportunity to not draft Tank Dell. Because you're going to, if he gets hurt, you're going to have all your, t- you know what I mean? Like, you, you want to have that diversification. And even looking back to a lot of my Bijan teams, when I took Bijan at, at three overall, when he was probably falling to seven every time, six, seven, I if I had any regrets on my best ball teams, and I did really well. I had, I had a couple teams in the final. I, I got into the 30s, and I, I, like I did really well in best ball this year. I didn't win, but I was in the running the entire way, and I, I finished really high. Got some good cash. But if I had any regrets, if I felt like I could have opened the door to more money or a bigger, a few bigger wins, it would be that when I didn't need, when, if you, if you do enough best ball drafts, stick to the ADPs as much as you can within wiggle room, not saying draft like a robot, robot. I'm just saying when I took Bijan at two and three, when he was going at six, I should have just did, I was doing so many drafts that I had the six pick a lot, if, especially when I did slow drafts. You can you can click, uh, when you're going into a draft, you can click the 30-second the timer or the eight-hour timer. I literally had like 20 drafts going at all times. I had the six pick, the seven pick, 
the five pick, the eight pick, the nine pick, probably in five or six of the drafts that were always on the board, meaning I had Bijan in every one of those teams. But instead, I kept drafting Bijan in the, with the teams with the three pick and the four pick. And, and all I'm saying is, you know, use, if you're going to draft enough, if you're drafting one team, it makes sense. But if you're going to draft a lot, use this opportunity to diversify because you're going to be taking Tank Dell in so many drafts, bro. If you love him at 12, you're not going to be able to resist him at the end of the third round. You know what I mean? Just a little, just a little bit of a. I, that, a, a I, I use this draft. I just, how do you say, I'm a, I'm experimenting. Yeah, yeah, no, no, that's fine. You didn't do anything wrong. I'm just saying, for, especially anybody listening, I, I'm admitting my own fault. My own fault last year was to not, not allow myself diversification when it when it made sense to. You know what I mean? Like, why force somebody like Bijan last year? Why force him at three? It, it's one thing to play in three buddy leagues redraft. I'll force it all day long, bro. I'll take Bijan or whoever I got to take to make sure I get him. But when you do, you know, and not everybody does hundreds of drafts, but if you do 50, 25, 100, me, I do hundreds. If I do hundreds of drafts, why in the hell am I not taking JJ, even though he got hurt, but just as an example, every time I got that, you know, that, that two pick or whatever, why am I not taking more CMC in the one pick versus getting ballsy and, and occasionally mixing that up and, 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 and just saying, I want Bijan on this team. I got to take it. Like you, that's the one regret I have and the one piece of advice that I self-reflect on. Because we all make mistakes. We all learn. We all grow. And, you know, best ball, it, you're constantly going to grow. Everybody acts like they have all the answers of best ball or they have the formula. The winners two years ago, the data says to do this. You know what's crazy about data Donnies that use just data? To, to draft based on last year is they don't know as the positions evolve, as there's more deep sleepers and it, like it all comes down to what you think. If you have some guys you've identified as the next Puka Nakua's, then you are a candidate to maybe not go heavy wide receiver, even if the data tells you what heavy wide receiver won last year. Well, what won last year won't necessarily win this year. You need to draft the best team you can possibly draft. You also need to say to yourself at every pick, can this pick win me the league? Can this player outperform his ADP more than any other player that's on the board right now, mixed with do they have the highest floor in case things go awry? And I would just say Tank Dell at, 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 in the second round doesn't carry a lot of that. It's more risky than it is upside, even though we love him. He's going around 3-4, so I would just leave him there and go in a different direction. Like, you could have got, you know, A-Chan. You could have got... You know, something like that. Yeah. I, a lot of the teams that I won money on last year had uh, Tank Dell, uh, Jay Reed, and then at tight end, it was like Laporta or McBride, or I'd grab Andrews early and then take likely later. Yeah, don't don't take like, it as a negative mm-hmm. to, to the ball. I'm just giving you like a little advice oh, that, no, I, that I screwed up myself no, last I, year. You know what I mean? I never, I, I never draft the same. If uh, there's certain times where I'm gonna be like, I'm gonna play hero RB if I can get to this guy. Um, but like me, I'm, I'm, I'm a risk. I, I am a risk taker. You know, I, I'm the guy who in a startup took AR five in the third, in the third round. <laughs> yeah. Hey. I took it in the third round. You know, so. Yeah. Just. But I take, but, those, but, I take those risks. But try not to take risks bro when you don't need to take them you know what i mean that's the person no, that wins not. the person that wins nine times out of ten in the same league every year is not the guy that's going 
I'm going to take AR5 in the third round. You say you took him in the third round last year? Yeah, but it's super flex. It was my dynasty team. Oh, well, he yeah, he was oh. okay. But but all I'm yeah. saying is if you if, <laughs> yeah. if you're if you're thinking of taking somebody way early like you're going to miss that more times than not if you're doing something crazy out, crazy out of pocket, but like if you're disciplined and you just do enough drafts, you don't even let it bother you anymore, you know. I did with Bijan last year. I dra- I I just wanted him in so many leagues cuz I truly believe mm-hmm. in his talent. That I, I even though I like I said I did very well in best ball I feel I feel like I had a very successful season, but I just think I wa- I wonder what I would have done if I had eighteen more teams that made it to the finals instead of the ones that just because I I got smarter about not trying to just get my guys at all cost diversify, diversifying is phenomenal, diversifying is the best thing you can do. Um. Okay, here's my team so far. I at the turn picks here. Let me go let me go back over. At the uh at the 60 pick, I took Ramondre Stevenson. I I, I don't know if you want to speak to this real quickly on like a a sentence or two, Travis. Are you excited about his bounce back potential? Like what are you hearing? What are you feeling? Anyone? You're a big New England Patriot fan. Does it sound like this guy's going to be like, what are you hearing? Like, are you hearing anything? Any buzz? I, any chatter? I can give pretty. I can give pretty short. If the right pieces are around, Ramondre is good. I think he's healthy now. If they can build a lineup and you know do all right at quarterback, he'll be fine. But right now, um, what I'm hearing is that a lot of people around the league have no idea what they're doing on offense and about their offensive coordinator. So. That scares me a little bit. Now, that could all change in a week. But yeah, the right reason, now, nothing is coming out about what their plan is. The reason I like Ramondre, though, is I feel like kind of like with London, that the the risk is baked in. I think that with his PPR ability, I think he earns the 60 overall value pretty easily. Uh, and, on a, and on a bad team, which they will be, he's going to mm-hmm. get the touches. I think Ramondre could be a revenge tour candidate. I, I, I love Ramondre. He's been a show favorite for a while. He he was one of my favorite rookies when he was a rookie. Preseason, you know, scored a couple touchdowns, um, looked really good, and then, you know, it, it wasn't until the next year he did phenomenal. But I really like Ramondre, and with this build that I have going on here, I had to take kind of a risk with this running back spot. So I went AR5, Kyron, Ramondre, Garrett Wilson, Drake London, Laporta. I feel, I feel like it's a pretty decent team. Yeah. I like it. I like him as a sec- second or third best ball running back for sure. Yeah. Oh, Perp's dropping another. Did Perp's drop another one? Perp's dropped another one. <laughs> oh boy. Uh, let's try to do this. Really gonna get her iPhone. Let me. Yeah, she's her headphones are good. Uh, let me. This is her. This 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 pay for her headphones. Perp's. Thank you. Hold on. He's Miss Smitty deserves an upgrade to the Pro Max. Here's a little extra for her patience and willingness uh, to allow Smitty to be. Thank you, pal. Uh, Smitty, we don't have the one and only Smitty. Thank you, Perps. Appreciate you. Purse to the moon. Purse, let me make this pick real quick. I'm on the clock. L- look at Najee. I'm not going near him now. I'm, I may have I may have been tempted. I'm not going near Najee. I'm just not. I don't know what to That's do here. Bad. This drop-off, this is a crazy drop-off in talent. Like, I'm trying to even find two players I like. I, I guess... Uh, 
I guess Swift's okay. DeAndre yeah. Swift is a pretty well, decent. No, um, Hawkin Hawkinson this late is kind of intriguing. I know he's coming off that that ACL, but like maybe in best ball that's okay because I've got Laporta. McBride's gone, right? Oh, I forgot about how late he's ranked. Because he was going really late. Yeah. I'm just gonna go Hawkinson, and and you know that might serve me good during the middle of the year. You know what I'm saying? All right, here, let me hit this real quick. Yeah. Perps with another alert. Super chat alert. Alert. Super chat alert. This one goes out to Perps. Hundred dollar holler. Uh, we're doing the double toots now. We're not. We're not. We're not holding back. It's not a one one toot. It's two toots. You get twenty dollar holler, hundred dollar holler. Whenever I'm I'm tooting, we're tooting twice. Anyway, perps appreciate you. Perps to the moon. Do we? Have, I think we might have a couple other super chats here. Al Lancaster uh, says. Uh, what did Al say? Al, appreciate you. Al says, mark my word, Saquon is a Bronco and it will be sad. You know, that's definitely a possibility. But what what I kind of envision, and, and again, logic is not always at play. So you could be 100% right. I'm not shooting down your idea. Denver is certainly one of the potential any spots. But, I, you know, if it's me, I'm, I'm looking at Barkley going to a young Houston Texans team. Um, and if I'm going to get in Barkley's head psychologically, if I'm going to use the psychology degree, I'm going to say Barkley wants to Barkley wants to fit in with a young team because he believes his career is just getting started. And every running back thinks that himself. Eckler thought before the season started he had five years left. He's like, I could play for four or five more years. I want my my four or five year contract extension. And the and the Chargers were like, we're not giving you anything. And he was so shocked. He was so bent out of shape. He's like, I'm different. I'm, I, I don't care about what people say about RBs. I'm different. You're not different. No one's different. Not when you've been a workhorse your entire career. It's different when Raheem Mostert's 31 years old but has not been a, a workhorse his entire career. Yeah, he can have one off a one-off season. But a guy like Eckler, a guy like CMC, a guy like uh, Aaron Jones, a guy like Alvin Kamara, anybody that's been a workhorse their entire career when you hit 28 years old it is holding your breath time and only Derrick Henry has defied it and nobody should expect that to change or open any doors or wormholes for that to happen again he's an outlier beyond outliers and Christian McCaffrey's the only one that we're we're literally going no matter what we're, we're going we're all in for one more year but just diversify. Don't take him in every league. Take him in one league. Make sure you've got your share of Christian McCaffrey in case he does the unthinkable for one more year. But it's so funny because people that don't know understand the, the 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 facts behind aging running backs is that 28 is a gamble. Like it's not a lock. I know, especially like a Niner fan will say, "No, McCaffrey takes care of his, takes care of his body." Most common thing you'll hear. He'll be fine for another two or three years. Like, that's oblivious. 
If you think he's, if you even say the right. word three years, you're oblivious to whether Christian McCaffrey is going to ever get hurt again. Just straight up oblivious. If you say one, maybe two, look, I, I get it, and it's possible. I mean, Derrick Henry's proving it's a possibility, but that's all it is. It's a, it's a hope, a glimmer of hope. And then you mix in that McCaffrey had a string of injuries. It's a one, maybe two year situation for McCaffrey if you are lucky. But, oh, back to my point. I know I went off on a crazy tangent. I think Barkley believes he's got this, you know, long career ahead of him. I believe Barkley feels like he's wasted a lot of his younger years. I believe Barkley, like a a, a divorcee at 32 years old, says, I got a whole second life to live. This man has been mistreated like he was in a bad relationship. He wants to go, assuming right now he's he's, he's wanting to stay and take more abuse. But he's been mistreated in this relationship. He hasn't been fed properly. And I think he wants to go somewhere where they're doing something for the long term. I feel like Houston is one of those situations. I feel like another landing spot potentially for him uh, could be, quite honestly, the Ravens. I think the Ravens would be a phenomenal landing spot for Saquon Barkley. Houston, Dallas, I think it's one of those three teams. Yeah, ch- Chargers. Yeah, oh yeah, because Chargers was the ones I, when I was predicting a month ago. Chargers, yeah. Dallas. So four four places for me over Denver. Chargers, Dallas, Houston, and uh, what else did I say? Da- Dallas, Houston, Chargers, and hold on, I'm on the clock, and I'm gonna time out. No, no. I uh, Chase Brown, I guess. Oh, the Ravens are the other team. Oh, Ravens, yeah. That's where I think he's going. One of those four teams. Um, I guess he'll go James. And he turns 27 next week. Yeah, but it, it, yeah, and I'm not saying he has a lot of time left either. He has two years, but he thinks he's got five. Like, they all do. They, I don't blame him. If I was a running back and I was balling out, no. I'd probably say I'm different too. I'm different. I'm not, I'm going to go to 35. <laughs> you just, you're not. Just you're not. Right, and people have to remember, like, Derrick Henry, he's a freak his size, and CMC is the most dynamic, talented running back in the league. So they, they're outliers, you know. Yeah. It's so, very rare that guys can do that. I, I think you could say this for all three of these guys, really. Baltimore, Chargers, um, God, why am I keep forgetting them? <laughs> I'm so tired. Baltimore, Chargers, um, God, uh, uh, Cowboys. Yeah, Cowboys, yeah, Cowboys, Texans, Texans, Cowboys, Chargers, Baltimore, Texans, Cowboys, Chargers, Baltimore. I think you could say Texans, Chargers, Cowboys, Baltimore for any one of these three guys. I mean, Henry, Tech, uh, the Cowboys. The Chargers, the Texans, the Ravens, absolutely. Uh, Jacobs, absolutely. Barkley, absolutely. I could see him in any one of those spots. I think more so than Denver. I don't know why he would choose Denver over any one of those spots, though. You know what I'm saying? I forget who said that. I don't think your take was wrong. I just, I, again, logic does not always play into this stuff. Sometimes we're scratching our head, like why no one wanted Lamar. Although now people are going to be like, that's why I don't want Lamar. Lamar failed at the end of the day. Lamar was one of the last four teams standing. You know, 
But I've heard more Niner fans mostly, but more people say, yeah, Lamar is just a running back, which is like the most played out thing. Yeah. Um, Salty says, uh, I'm going to tell you the Chiefs are going to win, and I hate it. I know you don't want me to be that guy, but I have been the channel conspiracy theorist for years. I, I don't think there's anything wrong with, with the conspiracy theory that the that the Chiefs are destined to to get calls and, and such. I mean, it's not scripted, but it's certainly... Uh, it's certainly not, like, that's not a crazy take that there's going to be some corruption involved or whatever. No doubt. I mean, look, they the NFL signed a, a lucrative um, licensing agreement with uh, uh, Juice's, uh, uh, Juice, Juice's wife, who does the jackets for Patty Mahomes' wife and for uh, Lautner and, you know, all those, those custom jackets they made out of jerseys. And she signed a lucrative... Um, deal with the NFL. It was all in motion. <laughs> it was all mo- She even put in the sleeves, uh, Super Bowl bound when you rolled them up. So when, when, uh, when, um, uh, who, who was wearing it? Was it, was it, was it Christian McCaffrey's wife? Someone's wife was wearing the jacket and they walked up to her and I don't know if it was the girl that made him and rolled her sleeves up like this. And then on the inside, it says Super Bowl bound. <laughs> it's like this story's been told for a while. It was, it was seamed into her jacket. She made her week months ago. But I don't know. I still am like a little bit sick to my stomach to of just the way the lions let that slip out of their fingertips. And uh, you know, I, I I'm not trying to take anything away from the Niner win or anything like that. I know there's some Niner people in here, and, and you guys look. If you're on the other side of that, like I get it. Like the there's bias involved in all angles. Like if we're on the other side of that, and the Lions came back and won that. And let's say Jameer Gibbs caught that tipped ball and it was in or St. Brown. So that, that ball was tipped up and St. Brown magically caught it and Goff, you know, bounced it off a defender, a defender's helmet, whatever. We'd be talking about how amazing the, this team is and all that. So I get it, but I do think Purdy got way too much like hype off of a, what should have been a two INT game. And and that that catch by Ayuk off that what should have been an interception just turned it all around and it's like and again I'm I'm not saying I don't like Purdy. I'm not saying Purdy's not a good like a good quarterback. He's good. He's just not elite. And he's getting so much hype right now. It's insane. And people look at that commentary as if that's hate. Like in the in that, I'm saying he's good. He's a good quarterback. Yeah. So is Goff. Goff's a good quarterback. Doesn't mean Goff's elite. You know, Baker was a good quarterback this year. And I'm not saying Purdy isn't better than Goff and Baker. That's not my point either. A Niner fan just hears what they want to hear. I'm just saying, like Kyler's a good quarterback. Kyler's not elite. Kyler could be. Brock Purdy could be, but neither one. Kyler, like to say Kyler or Brock, one's better than the other. Like Brock is Brock is being carried in a lot of ways. And if anybody thinks just because he had that great drive at the end of both those games, 
he wasn't carried to get to that point. That's crazy. Like this is an amazing team from top to bottom. It's 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 insane to me how much people take that as hatred or hate when you're like, look, he's no one's saying that he's a mediocre game manager, but in a Shanahan system, you're you know you're you're amplified. Your talents are amplified tremendously. People, this is the same fan base and and team that thought Jimmy Garoppolo was good. And now every single one of the fans will admit he's not. But in, in the moment, for the years he was there, it was always like the Jimmy hates unreal. It's like <laughs> Jimmy Garoppolo was garbage. Jimmy Garoppolo was not even a top 32 NFL quarterback. He wasn't even a top 32 NFL quarterback. And I would get roasted when I would say that. Like, what are you talking about? It's because he looks like he's number 22 in that Niners system. And, and all I'm saying is Brock Purdy's not quarterback four in the NFL. He may be eight to 12, which is phenomenal. Like, that's a good quarterback. It's, it's crazy to me that people take it as hate. They take it as hate because someone's like, look, you ask me or you bring it up or you say it in my presence that he's a top four quarterback. And I just, in my opinion, cut him down a size and it's hatred. It's like, it's not hatred. When have I said he's bad? When have I said he's gar- garbage? You'll never win with him. Never. You can win with Brock Purdy. He's just not a, He's just not elite. He's not an elite quarterback. And it's so funny. Uh, what was that guy's name from ESPN? He, he, one one day before the that game, that NFC Championship game, uh, Ryan Clark, he said that, you know, the hardest thing he's had to do all, off se- or all season was pretend Brock Purdy was a top five quarterback. Literally the next game he folds like a chair because of the all the hate and all that and he goes Brock Purdy separated himself himself from all the other quarterbacks and he listed off Herbert and all these other quarterbacks and put him right up there like in the top four or five after one game it was crazy like he folded like a chair it was insane <laughs> it was absolutely what's up Double A you're live hey how's it going I'm good bro. I was thinking about that comment that you made about that jacket. I think that was Kyle Juszczyk's wife. Yeah, Juice. Yes. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Uh, I just Juice. Wanted, I, I was uh, just driving home, catching, uh, and I just walked in the door. I was listening to you talk about the game. I know Campbell takes a lot of heat for that, but I went back and watched that game last night again. There's like eight just absolutely atrocious errors. On the on the line side, I know Campbell's going to take a lot of heat for the way he managed those last ninety seconds. But looking back on it, you I mean you have you have Reynolds dropping that fourth down in the third quarter, seven minutes left, that gets him onto the twenty yard line. At the very least, they're going to come up with a field goal that would have been twenty seven to ten. Not long after that, you just talked about it. There's that I don't know how that happens where a ball misses a defensive back's hands like it's a gift. He he Ronaldo uh, heads the ball into the air straight to Ayuk. They score right he doesn't even knock it down. He would have been better off getting out of the way. Turns around then <laughs> it's twenty four seventeen after the pass to Ayuk. Then Gibbs fumbles, right? Yeah. And so now CMC turns around and scores from a three. It's tied. Reynolds drops another pass that would that was down on third down, third ten, that would have taken him to the forty. They would have at worst had to have punted. 
And then I don't know if you remember right after that, I believe, was when they took that punt into the end zone when they could have they picked that ball from the 15. It goes all the way down the field. They could have stuck him down on the half-yard line. You have to figure their defense played well enough that they could at least flip the field on them, right? Yeah. Then they give up that – they miss when they get Purdy. They have him sacked for a seven- or eight-yard loss, and instead he throws to a wide-open use check sitting there on the end zone. I mean, then but you have the failed fourth down. Okay, I can give that one to the 49ers played well. And then you got tackled at the one. I can give that that's just the defense. But there's eight or nine mistakes right there from Detroit just eating me. I still can't believe it was like at the beginning of that seventh minute, they just became a different team. Well, so my, my take on it is this. I, the way I see it is that um... – if you go back and rewatch the game and you just stare at Campbell's face, he looks like a deer in headlights. He looks like a scared, you know, a scared kid. His parents are going to find out that, you know, he did something wrong. And they and they keep, like, looking at him, and he knows, like, he's nervous. He's looking down. He's pacing. And so my, my only thing would be this. I don't disagree with really anything you said. I mean, you could you can second-guess everything. And his, his, you know, cojones got him where they are. But at the same time... There is a momentum building, and to not take those points and kick the field goal to sever that momentum, it like we we all knew we could feel that it was going awry. Like you can't just Instantly. continue to go down Instantly. that. So it's like the moment the moment that ball bounced off the defender and guy you caught it, you knew. Oh my God, this is over. Like they had to stop it. They had to sever the momentum and they didn't. They just let it continue to fester and build. Like even if you're going for it, you know that the the nerves of your own offense are probably gonna fail you. You know that the 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 anxiety and, and adrenaline of the defense is gonna fail you. You know that the the dumb luck you're having is gonna fail you. There's three things right there in my mind that were going against them. Why try it? Why try it? You know, and, and uh, you know, I also blame him. I don't know. There's there's several things, but it, regardless, it's you know, it is what it is. He got his team to an NFC Championship game. They were they were playing way over their head anyway. So I think to blame a guy that shouldn't have been there, like when he got there, is is kind of silly. So I'm not blaming him. I'm just when I'm criti- criti- critiquing it and just saying to myself. You know, I, I was rooting for it. Uh, I wanted Jameer Gibbs, you know, in a in a Super Bowl. I wanted St. Brown in a Super Bowl. I wanted Sam Laporta in a Super Bowl. I'm not, a, uh, I'm not claiming to be a, a diehard Lions fan. I'm a fantasy football analyst that has diehard, you know, loyalty to the, the the players of the show that we promote. And it was sickening to me. Like even though I wasn't a diehard fan, I can't imagine what a long lifelong Detroit fan was feeling. But because I was sick to my stomach watching that thing unravel. And, and it's like, part of me, part of me feels, like I said, I, I feel so like, I don't know, it just makes me almost laugh when I see everybody giving, you know, Brock all this, this, these accolades. And I, and I, and I'm not, I'm not saying he's not good. It's just crazy to me that everybody's ignoring all the negatives in both of those back-to-back games. If Brock did, I'm just telling you right now, and, and it is what it is. Like, give Brock Purdy his flowers because Brock Purdy converted in, in at the end of the you know those final drives in both the Green Bay and the Detroit Lion games. So you have to give him his credit, and that's why I keep saying that so that people don't think I'm hating. I'm not hating. It just sounds like hate to a Niner fan because they want me to say he's 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 the next elite Joe Montana. 
And if I don't say that, I'm hating. But when you think about it, you were on the verge of if he didn't run that ball against the Green Bay Packers, get that first down, and truly set his team up for a winning opportunity. So, you know, good on him. And, and the Packers won the game. It would have been the most embarrassing loss. And you would, you'd be having half the fan base call for Purdy to be replaced. Get Brady back, dude. Guaranteed. And everybody pretending that's not the case is just pretending. And the same thing would have happened against the Lions. Because the Lions would have been an embarrassing loss. They shouldn't have been there. They're playing way over their head. They're getting stomped into the ground. And if Brock Purdy didn't, and good on him, he converted. He's showing he's a good quarterback. He's He can take pressure pretty well, too. But he, he makes a lot of mistakes, too. Like, he you know, some of those footballs were bad throws. Like, uh, it, it's... That pass across the middle that got bailed out by... Yeah. Who's that 15? Jennings. Jennings. That's just yeah. criminal. Yeah, that was a that was a really... I, I saw an analyst say that that was a gutsy performance. He stood in the pocket, took the hit. No. He threw a really bad pass that Jennings six. bailed him out on. Yeah. And and so, like... That's the, a pick there six was, waiting to happen. There's, like, if he had lost the Detroit Lion game, Purdy... With the mistakes he made and didn't convert at the end, which he did again, kudos on him. That was what makes him good. Um, we'd be still even off the Lions loss, but the Packer win, Lions loss. Talking about maybe forty percent of the fan base saying, "Bring in Brady. What are we doing? How are we gonna do?" Because I went live at halftime on my Instagram, and I had somebody in my comments say, "Smitty, I've been watching you a long time. I appreciate you. I respect your channel, but you need to you need to be honest." What people are talking about that Shanahan was on the hot seat at halftime. You need to come forward with your information. Like, I don't know what he thought he was doing in the comments there, but as on one of the YouTube channels. I went live for, if that guy's watching, I went live. I don't have to explain myself to him anyway. But I went live on Instagram at halftime, and I was picking apart everything Shanahan was doing, which was nothing, which was taking his foot off the gas at the beginning of games, which he does constantly now, just like he used to take his foot off the gas at the end of games. Now he does it traditionally at the beginning of the game. And, oh God, I'm on a clock. Hold on. Okay. Okay. Hold on. I need a wide receiver. Let's go with, I'll just take another quarterback. Um, so I went live on IG and I was watching my comments. I had 170 to 200 people in my live stream that were here for that that show being fed in because of their interest in the Niner game. And so it's full of Niner fans, Niner logos, Niner avatars. We are never going to win. We need to fire Shanahan. Shanahan will never win the big game. What are we going to do? And so I, I said that on a live stream. And like I said, some guy in the comments was like, what do you show me what you're talking about? Show me proof. I don't need to show him anything. I was live on IG. You were there. You were there. And everybody was all over the place. Just, just, and I, I understand why. Like I, I, I obviously agreed with them, you know, but it was the whole fan base. Nobody was even mad at me when I was spewing out all this. Shanahan continues to just, mess it up in the big game take his foot off the gas this is the lions no offense to the lions but the lions if the lions played the niners like even right now 10 times the lions would maybe win two 
games. Two to three games if they're lucky. They win one. They win two, maybe. But two to three games if they're lucky. The Niners are a better team. Shanahan absolutely botched the beginning of that game. But what I always say on Raj's lives is when I go on the Instagram lives with them and I tell them in this community, you know, they don't always love what I have to say. But I said, if the Niners win, it's the defense picking off an interception at the end of the game, bailing out Shanahan's bad beginning of the game play calling. And and it's the Niners because they're the best team from top to bottom in the NFL. They just wear down their opponent on all sides of the football. By the time they get to the very last, you know, four or five minutes, it's like, it's just, that's when they step up. But they, they carry and save Shanahan. And everybody says Shanahan's a genius. He's a what? It's like, you know, he's an amazing offensive coordinator. No doubt about it. But his 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 head coaching decisions and his offensive coordinating are two different things. And when they win, everybody thinks, oh, well, a lot of that's his OCing that's winning. But his team is carrying him when he makes horrible play calling decisions in the beginning of the game. I don't know if you remember, was it the Green? What was it? What game was it? The, the, it was the Raven game, I think, where they didn't run CMC at all. No, no, was it the Raven game? Uh, I forget what game it was now, but like he wasn't running him in the first half at all, and everyone's like, "What is he?" And the, the you know, Raj went live, I went live, and everybody in the in the comments is like, "Why?" Even C Mac, who who goes on Raj's live sometimes with me, and Raj, he's very o- overly optimistic. He never says negative things about the Niners. Even he was like, "What is Shanahan doing? Why is he not running Christian McCaffrey in the entire first half?" It's just like it's it's crazy, but we'll see, man. We'll Their see who wins. Definitely seems to be like a, when it hums, it's just ridiculous. With some, I mean, you think about Usek. Usek is your fifth option. That's terrifying. And then even thinking about then all of a sudden their offense just sputters. Like you said, is he just the is he just the great equalizer? Shanahan just like watch this. We'll I'll, I'll keep it close. We'll make it interesting. Yeah. Well, we're we're going to see, though. I think Kansas City is going to be able to get pressure on Purdy. That's where that's where their defense is fast, and they they got some some bulls up front. But yeah, yeah C- a, CMC is going to be the key. Thank you, Perps. Perps says easy uh, to armchair quarterback, buddy. Your take isn't wrong, Smitty. Uh, oh, thank you, Perps. Appreciate you. Look, I, I don't I don't pretend to think I'm I'm for anybody out there that's mad at my Purdy, you know party commentary like look i i'm not i'm not even saying he can't become elite i'm just saying he's not elite right now like could he become elite i I don't know that i'm going to bank on him ever being a top four quarterback in the national football league there's just too many talented qbs uh could there be eight elite? i also think he doesn't have to be well of course that yeah you know he really like for you know what i'm saying like they're so loaded but that's not what a niner but that's not what a niner fan even wants to have a conversation about you know what I mean? They don't want to even oh, want to no. hear you say that. To, to them, that is you spitting all over Purdy. What you just said right there, they get pissed off. Well, I was about to say what's <laughs> what's interesting about this is is Purdy is one game away from being on a thirty for thirty. You know, from Mister Irrelevant yeah. to winning the Super Bowl. It's like, yeah, I, I still think we were joking around this at work. I mean, think about the quarterbacks that couldn't make it work in San Francisco. You know, Jimmy G. He couldn't make it work. Uh, who's the kid from that's now down in Dallas? Who's an athletic freak? That, and it was like, wow. And now this Mr. Irrelevant, one game away. And I said this at work. I kind of chuckled like, 
one win away from being on a 30 for 30. And you could see him work it next week at your local at your local uh, you know grocery <laughs> store. You probably wouldn't even recognize him. I yeah. So so just to clarify for everybody that that thinks I'm Purdy hating, I I'm not I'm not saying he can't be elite one day. I'm not I'm not trying to define him right now. I just think when someone puts him on a pedestal and calls him a top four quarterback in the National Football League. If you want to say, like, statistically, he was right up there, Spinny had one of those weird, crazy years. Yeah, so did Sam Howell. You know, like, Sam Howell was a top-five quarterback for a handful of, you know, like, I want to say through the first, like, two months of the season, he was, like, just bouncing all around inside that territory. Like, you can't use statistics to, to define everything. And what makes me laugh so hard is when somebody says something about, like, you take Purdy over Josh Allen if you're drafting a team right now without any other players. We're not talking about the Niners fit, the Niners system, the Niners this, the Niners that. We're just saying you're an owner. You're on the clock. You oh, have no geez. players. You're, you're on the clock. Are you taking Purdy over Hurts, Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, uh, Joe Burrow, um, and, and, a, and a, a Stroud, and a, a slew? Obviously, Mahomes and... And like, you really gonna take Brock Purdy over those guys? If your answer is yes, because look where he's at. He's the one in a NFC uh, championship game. He's the one in now a Super Bowl. Of course I would. That's not the measurement of who's a better quarterback. Like, his team goes to the Super Bowl. He doesn't go to the Super Bowl. Trent Dilfer went to the Super Bowl. Like, you know, he, he, Trent Dilfer won you a have Super 49er Bowl. 49er fans saying that. 49ers fans think he's a top, like, four quarterback in the league. Oh, God, bro. I get roasted when I go on Raj. When I go on Raj's live stream. Well, you got to remember, though. Remember, weed is is legal in California. You got to remember that. Yeah, I go go on these live streams and... (laughs) <laughs> and I say, I say, I, it's cute that you guys think that you take Purdy over Josh Allen if you're drafting today for a quarterback. And they're like, ah. And last night, I even went on the live and I said, you're telling me that if you had the opportunity to trade Purdy, because they're ripping on Lamar. Lamar can't win the big game. Purdy can. And I was like, if you could trade Brock Purdy for Lamar right now, you're telling me you wouldn't do it. Roger's like, not even a thought. And like the whole the whole yeah. chat, there's like <laughs> three four hundred people are like Purdy, Purdy, Purdy over Lamar. Are you kidding me? Look what Lamar just did. Lamar just lost. He can't win the big game. Purdy's in an entirely different situation. Trent Dilfer won a Super Bowl. Like let's not pretend. And I'm not saying Purdy's not better than Trent Dilfer. I'm merely saying to suggest that Brock Purdy is better than Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, Joe Burrow. C.J. Stroud, uh, 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 Justin Herbert, Mahomes, like you know, Josh Allen. Like I said, like there, there's seven. There's like seven quarterbacks, roughly. Like that's why I call. Would him you quarter- take Justin Fields over him? No. Well, I, I mean, I'm not saying I would or wouldn't. I don't think. I don't think that's a fair question, really, to even ask. Or Tua? No, I would rather Brock Purdy. No, than I'm Tua. saying. Yeah, I'd rather you, Brock Purdy. You, I'm saying that, he's that, probably in that. That, that's that's yeah, me that's that. me being supportive of Brock Purdy and saying he's a good quarterback. That's what I'm saying. I listed all those quarterbacks off, and now we're at like QB 8-9. So Brock Purdy is an 8-12 to 12 quarterback in the National Football League, which is a, a stellar thing to have for a team when, when you have the best offense in the National Football League from top to bottom, defense and offense, really, 
You have one of the best teams, and you have a top 8 to 12 quarterback on top of that? Crazy. Cra like, that's amazing. Yeah, somebody said in the comments, it was only, what, his second year? He 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 could get better, but yeah, wow, top of four. This is what happens when you loosen those drug laws, those, those but, recreational but, drug laws. But I think you also <laughs> you also need to just understand that, like, it, it's it's crazy that, like, like Lamar going to the Niners situation and manning that it would be you would see a Lamar you've never seen before. It's it, it doesn't compute to people that you're taking the person out of the situation they're in. You take Brock Purdy out and put him in Baltimore, he's not gonna survive. Like you take a Lamar and put him in Carolina, he'll get by. They won't win Super Bowls. He'll do it kind of like what Christian McCaffrey did in Carolina. Like he, you know, he'll he'll uh, he'll have big games to carry the team on his back. They'll never go anywhere. Um, hold on a second. I'm drafting. Um, yeah, there's I, definitely a, a fit that Purdy appears to have. That because uh, like, I always think about what if like Aaron Rodgers would have gone to would have gone to San Francisco just. You know, just make the easy throw. There, there's so many people that are wide open. Like watching film, it seems like there's always somebody wide open in that offense. And it's just check down until you find him, and Purdy's usually pretty good about that. So what, what I was going to say, though, is if you take – like Christian McCaffrey was amazing in Carolina, and they, they couldn't necessarily win. Like, but, but you knew. You saw him amazing. He's always amazing. always did amazing. J.J., you take J.J., put him anywhere. He'll be amazing. He'll play amazing. Um. If you took Lamar to Lamar, or you took Lamar out of Baltimore, and put him in Carolina, he'd be amazing. They just wouldn't win. If you took Purdy out of San Francisco and put him in Baltimore, he'd be out of the league in two years. Like that—that's—that's that's the nature of an elite quarterback. You take Purdy, put him in Carolina, he's out of the league in two years. That—that—that it, 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 that makes you not elite. That's—that's that's what defines elite to me. It doesn't matter where you go. Well, I mean, you win Super Bowls, and everybody always critical of Josh Allen. Like, he's been given what he's been given. And he's doing better than than anybody else would in his situation. He can't help that. You think Dan Marino's not better than Brock Purdy? Dan Marino never won a Super Bowl. Right. Like, it's, it's a ridiculous take when you're not taking in all, all of the different variables. You know, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. I think uh, you should fly that by those 49er fans one night. Just like, that's well, why I have Purdy ahead of Dan Marino on my all-time list and see how far that goes. I do. But 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 in all fairness, again, though, you asked me, okay, do I like Fields over Purdy? From a fantasy perspective, I think Fields in the right spot. We will 100% have him above Purdy. But right now, we don't know where he is. And if you're talking about NFL, I think there's a valid argument to say Purdy you'd want over Fields. Like, that that just that makes sense. He's it's you know Fields has not proven anything yet. There's upside there. We all hope that he could do well, but he certainly hasn't developed enough to warrant that. I think that decision from an NFL perspective. I think Stroud has. Mm -hmm. I think Burrow has. I don't care. Burrow got like you, you, a Niner fan would say he got hurt. Like you know whatever. So did Purdy. Purdy got hurt. I I I I think it's crazy. We're even having conversations like Burrow can't even crack the top four in a lot of cases. You know, like how how in the hell are you putting Brock Purdy in the top four? Burrow can't even crack the top four, or he's right around there. Um, but yeah, Dan Marino is it's it's a depressing thing. I mean, Barry Sanders too. Barry Sanders never. I mean, what do you? There's just certain there's certain players that like you can't say Barry Sanders is not as good as Emmett Smith because of Super Bowl rings. 
You know, I know everybody wants to define yeah, that. Yeah, you would ask yourself, what would Barry Sanders do behind that Dallas offensive line with right. all those other weapons? Right, and we've always heard that. And part of me thinks that Barry Sanders was benefited from his situation the way that it was. But, but yeah, I mean, that's definitely a debate as old as time is people would say, well, what if you took Barry and put him out? But anyway, uh, it, it's cra- It's just crazy, though, the, the, the amount of hate, the, the amount of perceived hate you're spitting out when you're just merely saying yeah let's cut it back down to size a little bit and just say bro he's good 8 to 12 a lot to work on a lot of interceptions really really could have lost both those you know both those games and he's on such a good team it all worked out you know that Ayuk catch was unbelievable luck unbelievable Humble. It was. It was almost as if we live in a simulation. It looked as though the defensive back played volleyball. Yeah, it, but, I literally but, just thought, what a beautiful set that was. But but for uh, for that throw in that game, with as as bad as Purdy played at majority of the game, to throw that pass, to throw that bad pass, to have the defender, like you said, volleyball serve it up. And all of those things to go that way, it was like we're living in a simulation. I thought this can't be real life because why would all of this happen in a row? It's crazy. You see Dan Campbell and he just looks like a deer in headlights. And everyone said he was too aggressive in this game because he was, you know, he thinks he's got, you know, the cojones of steel. I think he did all of those moves, all of those moves out of fear. He was so petrified this thing was unraveling. He tried to get bolder because he was scared. That's why he got out coached at the end of the day. He was out coaching first half. Then he got petrified and he started getting too aggressive yeah. and he started trying to think too big to because he was scared to death to be conservative. It, it was it was crazy. I was wondering if he was worried about how fast the 49ers are capable of scoring too. If he yeah. felt like he yeah. he had the, the they talk about that dirty game like the first team to 30. If he just because I kind of surprised he didn't do it at the first half. And, and I'm glad he took the field goal, but I was kind of worried that he would have gone for it right then and there. And you know, it was like, take the points there. But the, ni- the, the Niners you know, are yeah. the Niners are the victors. They are in the Super Bowl. There's no taking that away. But they're very lucky to win both of those games. They were they're absolutely. Uh, you're not going to get lucky like that against Kansas City. Well, you know, I don't know about that, bro. The, the Niners are so lucky right now to luck out and to listen to the words coming out of my mouth to luck out and beat the Green Bay Packers the way the game was going to luck out and beat the Detroit Lions. It, it, it doesn't matter. Like there's a hard fought win, and to be honest with you, you got to give the Niners credit for being clutch enough not to to bobble away the opportunity because not everybody would execute on that luck. They did. The Niners are executing in both those situations. But good God. That was the most luck I've ever be seen. you real careful game. giving Mahomes any extra tries, any yeah. extra opportunities. Even with, like, even despite his wide receivers, like, seeing MBS actually catch a couple passes the other day, I thought, like, What's going on here? This is crazy. I've never seen the amount of luck in two two back to back games before. <laughs> it's, it's crazy, but it is what it is. That's why they play the game. And and again, you can only take so much away from the Niners and say that you got to give them credit and say that you know that amount of luck you got to still execute on it all. And they didn't they didn't bobble anything. You know, at the end of both those definitely games. you have to take advantage of your opportunities when you get them, whether you make them or whether they make themselves. But yeah, you know, that's another thing, too, is the Lions, 
getting this far with this much youth is terrifying. Uh, let me see. Well. I got, yeah, I got perps with a, a couple of super chats here. Hold on one second. He said, uh, Smitty, keeping it real, by the way, previous super chat was 30 minutes ago. Chat convo. Smitty put fields in San Francisco miles ahead of Turdy Purdy. I, I, I don't disagree with that at all, like that that's possible. Like I, I, I think if Fields was in San Francisco, they win a Super Bowl. I think Lamar was in San Francisco, they win a Super Bowl. That kind of tells you like, you know, if you put Purdy in San Francisco, they might win a Super Bowl. So like they're all kind of in that conversation. But I agree with you that Fields in the right spot would develop wonderfully. So the question comes back to, do I think Fields is better than Purdy? The reason we don't know is because Fields is not in a good situation to develop properly. So if he gets out of if he gets out of uh, if he gets out of uh, Chicago where they're not developing him properly and I want him gone, and they put him in Atlanta with uh, Zach Robinson who totally created one of the most explosive offenses in in LA last year. If you give Fields to Zach Robinson in this situation, I think he develops. So I know everybody thinks they you know everybody's got an opinion and and I don't mind. Um, you know, I'm not saying I'm right, 100% right uh, on anything. I just think that when you ask a question, like, is Purdy better than 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 Fields, and Fields better than Purdy, and a, a, a Niner fan base hears you pause and say, well, I, you know, now no, and they just they're just like in there's they're in stitches, and it's like it's because there's a lot of different angles to look at it. If Fields was developed properly, I believe he's a better quarterback than Purdy by a mile. But he's not developed properly, so Purdy is advanced. Purdy is in a better situation and further along. He's advanced and matured and been catered to and cultivated. Fields has not. Fields has been thrown into the, the trash can, and he's not been cultivated. Horrible play calling. Coaches don't understand how to use him. He's super talented. Everybody that knows football knows that. They just know he's not ready. He's not ready. He's not. It's it's crazy. Um. I hope he goes somewhere where they can get the most out of him. Then he will be better than Brock Purdy. But if he doesn't, he's going to waste away. And Fields will be out of the league in four or five years. Uh, uh, Perps, you said that Super Chat was how long ago? Um, I'm trying to find... Perps, uh, Perps, I'm not sure. He says, Smitty, keeping it real. By the way, my previous Super Chat was for 30, was for 30 minutes ago. Chat convo. He was talking about the armchair quarterback one. Oh, okay. I, I, yeah. 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 It's probably me. I I wouldn't shut up. I I probably held up the chat there. Oh, he's fine. Fields is Chicago. Without Fields, Fields, uh, Chicago is worse off. Um, I, I don't, I don't disagree with, like, I don't disagree with that take on some level because I think Fields is the best quarterback. I think Fields is better than Caleb. I think Caleb could maybe, we don't know, develop into a better quarterback than Fields. But if they couldn't develop Fields, what makes me feel confident that the the right system and coaching staff's in place to get the most out of Caleb? So part of me wonders if Caleb's just going to look like Bryce Young his first year and then they turn over the, the staff, learns a new offense, and they start bringing Caleb up differently. So I don't necessarily disagree with this, I, I think. But the problem is... If Fields stays, I don't think we can prove this. You know what I mean? Like, as weird as it sounds, and that's why I hesitate with Fields' questions because it's like Fields is better with them, or Chicago's better with them, potentially, 
But Chicago, you know, is making him look so bad. It doesn't look that way. He needs to get out for this to be proven. You know what I'm saying? He needs to get matured along in Atlanta or somewhere. Washington would be great. Denver would be pretty unusually crazy. There's a lot of places he could go. But unless he gets out and escapes this place where you're right, perps, I don't know that we see fields ever develop because they don't know how to use them. Like, and, and part of me is like, I don't know. I don't believe in what they're building over there. I, and I and I did. I admittedly did before the season started because I had so much faith in Fields but and DJ Moore and together, but they just completely ruined him. You know, or they're, they're in the Can process I ask you a question of, about that? Of, of trying to ruin him. Yeah. What is the difference between, do you know the difference between the rookie contract and what they would have to pay Fields? Is it that much different? Uh, 2024. Because the conversation is that he's going to make so much money, we we can't afford to keep him. I was wondering, why don't you just take take Chicago, move back to three, pick Marvin Harrison Jr., get yourself another offensive lineman with your second pick, and let's see what we got. Uh, rookie make. Let me just see what the salary is going to be. The projected contract for the number one overall pick in the 2023 draft was estimated around 41 million dollars in total value with a signing bonus of approximately 26 million and a 2023 salary cap hit seven yeah i don't I, yeah i don't i mean it, it, i think the 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 part though is like you're getting that i mean you're certainly gonna you're certainly gonna have a good like fields if fields was the guy like let's say he let's say he goes out there and balls out next year you're paying him 45 to 50 million a year so to have a forty-one million dollar contract with a fifth-year option, it does make a lot of sense to start over. Oh, he would get he would get. Oh wow, okay. You know. So and then you're paying what's rookie eight hundred fifty thousand about there. I don't know what the that that the exact number is, but 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 again, the, that was twenty twenty-three though. But it's Approxim- not forty million. <laughs> yeah, forty-one million with a, a approximate signing bonus of twenty-six, which is a lot of money, but again. Fields would cost you if he is the guy and he proves it, and then you got to pay it. Like Jordan Love, what, what is what? Are, what are the what are the Green Bay Packers do with Jordan Love? You know, do they just kind of let it all go one more year, or do they try and sign him now to a long term deal? And they could have signed him to a very much cheaper long term deal and given him what would have been considered his bag. He would have been excited about whatever they offered him in a in a bigger sense. And now they've got to pay through the roof for him, you know. So it'll be interesting what Green Bay does, how they decide to approach his his contract. Well, then it sounds like it's going to be Caleb, and then what do you think they do with that second one? Uh, I'm hoping that the Washington Commanders, knowing Adam Peters and how amazing he is at, at talent evaluation, I think they're going to look at JD five. Jaden Daniels. No, I'm sorry. Uh, Chicago's second pick. Oh, Chicago's. Um, I think neighbors. If we, get away, or, if we bring in Caleb. Neighbors or Bowers, probably if they're available. What if Bowers and Komet could be a little annoying combo? I think Bowers is so good. Komet's a bystander at that point. You know, <laughs> it's kind of like Al- Algier and Bijan should have been. Like you know, it got Algier. Who cares? What are you talking about? I think, uh, apparently, I apparently think we did. I think Ron, I think Ron maybe was right last night. I'm terrified to think that Atlanta got rid of Arthur Smith, and then Pittsburgh feels like they need some reason to pick him up. 
Yeah, and, and uh, perps, perps again with the twenty. Perps is a twenty dollar holler. Perps, perps. Alert, super chat alert. Perps, appreciate you. Perps, uh, Fields needs to be moved on. I'm just saying Chicago has only been as competitive as they they were with him. Uh, correct, that was what I'm saying. Yeah, exactly. And I, I knew that was what you were probably saying. I was just trying to say that, like, and it sounds like we totally agree on it. Like, yeah, I mean, it sucks because, like like I said, when people ask me Fields questions, it's it sounds wishy-washy to be like, hey, is Fields better than this guy? I'm like, no, but... If he gets out of Chicago and develops, then yeah. But he, he don't, we don't know. They might keep him. There's this very cryptic message being given off by the, the organization right now. Probably because they're trying to feel out trade offers. They're trying to feel out the fan base of keeping fields. And they released a, a tribute video that I'd say 60% of the fan base took as we're keeping fields. It was just a, it was said Justin Fields or it said JF1. And that's all they put, the three letters, J-F, and then, well, the one emoji. And they, they dropped this tribute of, of just nonstop Fields footage. <laughs> and that's all they dropped on, on X, formerly Twitter. Twitter, And uh, it, you know what I hate about X is you've got to say X, formerly Twitter. Because, like, nobody knows what you're saying when you just say the letter X. It's annoying. So whenever I say X, I always say formerly Twitter. Or I just say Twitter, X. Like, I now have to say both of them. Like it, it sucks, and, and and I almost have OCD with it. Like I don't like to say things when I don't know if people understand what I'm saying. So if I say yeah, and then if you look at X, X what? Smitty X Y Z, you know, like what are you talking about? So now now I have to say two things. It, it's annoying, yeah. uh, <laughs> but on X, aka Twitter, OCD, I. 40% of the fan base said, like, goodbye, Fields, we're getting Caleb, you know, muscle emojis, Caleb's coming, and then 60% was like, Fields is staying, great choice, and it's like, no, we don't know what the Chicago Bears are going to do. The only thing, again, logic does not play in half the time, the only thing I would say is that Chicago would be, in my opinion, stupid, and, and, and this goes to what Perps is saying, too, they're stupid to get rid of them, but they're also not going to be able to do anything with them. So like, they're almost like they're almost stupid. If they're looking out for their jobs, not to reset the clock, because if you get a rookie QB, no one's likely to fire you. If you're, if you've got a rookie QB and there's some development or whatever, you're usually given like a couple of years to work that out. So I think that like, if they want job security, it's pretty stupid to keep fields. Cause you've already screwed it up. But I also feel like they don't know. What, I I think they're smart enough to know they don't know how to develop fields. I don't know that they know how to develop Caleb though. I don't know if they you know maybe they're gonna trade down and take Drake May. You know who the hell knows what they're thinking? But you know because Caleb's a similar quarterback to Fields in some respects because they're both very mobile, and and they don't know how to deal with mobile QBs. So I, I think that's know. what always makes these drafts so fun. Is there's like eight. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. Go ahead. I didn't mean to talk over you. I no, I was just. I was going to say. I, I think Smitty might have said this last week, even where, from Fields' stance too. Just out of a confidence and mental standpoint, a fresh start, I think, would be good for Fields. Yeah, 100. percent It's. It feels like he. It's probably just a situation he can't win. They really just don't have a lot. They're, they're, they're as far as. 
I thought their offensive backfield really would have uh, prospered a little bit more. They would have thrown to the running backs a little bit more. They they definitely yeah. need another weapon, another weapon to help help DJ Moore. That I thought that would be better than it was, but now thinking about it, there's just not a lot of offensive options there. But their defense played better, so they have some pieces. But I bet Caleb will get real frustrated real real quick. Yeah, Robert. When Kraft. it comes to Fields, it's kind of it's kind of easy because you really look at his tenure in Chicago. Has he had one All Pro lineman? No. Outside of DJ Moore, did he have one thousand yard receiver? No. Yeah, did he have one. I'll say, when was the last time they had one? Was that Alshon? Was that Alshon Jeffrey the last time they had thousand yard receiver? <sighs> Sounds right, man. I think so. Gosh, I'm, <laughs> like, I'm, aging, I'm aging myself. For disaster. You know, oh, he, well, he I, it's almost. I was. Shot. I was also going to say this. This is one of the things about the uh, the draft that is so fun is that there's like ten organizations that you just know are going to do it wrong. And unfortunately, it seems like Chicago is one of them. That's like this is going to be interesting. And if you have, you know, a, a Raiders fan or or a Bears fan, and you just hold them during April, just tell them it's going to be okay because it's not going to be because they're going to do yeah. something nuts. Hey, hey, boy, boys, I got to let you go. I'm jumping. Uh, appreciate you all calling in. And uh, and uh, let me hit rock out real quickly, and then I'll hang up on everybody here. Uh, rock out. What, what can I do for you? Hello? Yo. Yeah, we think it happened with Mike Evans and uh, Pittman during the offseason as far as the team. Um, very good chance they both get franchise tag. Well, I don't know. I, they're Actually, they probably franchise tag Baker Mayfield, but if they don't franchise tag him, they sign him to a deal because Baker could get a deal. I could see the team franchise tagging Evans. Just because they have, they probably have one more shot in their mind. Like if they keep it all together, I don't know that they do, but that's the way they're going to feel. But Evans is older, so it is hard to imagine. But man, he he keeps doing it. So uh, Pittman probably yeah. gets franchise tagged. I imagine. I think there's a chance Higgins gets franchise tagged. Pittman gets franchise tagged. Uh, a lot of these players get franchise tagged. Um, well, not a lot of them, but th- probably three of them. Ridley won't. Yeah. Ridley will be on the move. Ridley will definitely be on the move. As far as the RBs, I mean, Barkley could technically get franchise tagged. I don't think he signed a no franchise tag in his one-year right-size contract that they gave him. They franchise tagged him, and then they gave him a one-year adjusted deal. And I don't think there was anything in there. I could be wrong on that, but I don't think so. So they technically could franchise tag him again. It's just it's more expensive, but with running backs, it's such a low amount anyway that I don't know that that's going to be a worry. Usually, it's uh, it's like a, a a significant amount more. I think it's like a twenty, I want to say like a twenty percent increase on the franchise tag amount the next year if you do it back to back. So it's not just a franchise tag when you do a double. It's actually a way way more. But with the running back salary, that number is not a lot. So you never know. I do think they'll let Barkley go, though. At the end of the day, I don't, I don't think they hold him. I think if they were going to hold him no. on a franchise tag again, that would have been they would have signed him to a long term deal in the offseason if they felt that strongly about him. And it's not like he blew up the league this year, so so I don't think they. I think he goes. Um, Henry's going to be elsewhere. 
Jacobs will probably be elsewhere. I don't see these running backs getting franchise tagged, I guess. The wide receivers, I think I think two of them could be. I think Pittman could be. Higgins could. Pittman and Higgins probably will be, and then Evans could be. So no running backs franchise tagged. Two wide receivers, maybe three, but probably two, if I had to guess. Oh, uh, Smitty, real quick, uh, I, I noticed earlier Superfish was asking, would Henry be any type of fit in Miami? I think I saw that before. I, do I don't think? know if that was Superfish that said that last time too, but no, I I don't see why you would bring in Henry in Miami. You you've already got yeah. you've already got one of the best running games in the league. Not saying that I believe Mostert will stay healthy, but like his coach is probably going to think he is. He's probably going to think he is. We're looking at the age of decline on running back statistically. Coaches probably are not, and that's just the way the NFL is. And I don't know why you would want to cloudy up that room. I mean, anything's possible. Like, if I was a coach, would I bring Henry in if he was dirt cheap on any team? Sure. Just to get, you know, just just on the off chance that he can do it, you know, or there's injuries or whatever. But, like, I I think that's one of the worst fits, probably. I don't know why you would want to do that. There's so many other things you could do. Yeah, I think... You have no no need for it. You have no need for it. A-Chan and Mostert are all you need. How about Derrick Henry in in, uh, Dallas? Yeah, so the, the the teams we talked about before you called were all 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 three of these RB all three of these RBs Barkley Henry and Jacobs the landing spots feel all the same. You have Dallas, you have Houston, you have um, Baltimore, Baltimore, and the Chargers. Yeah, I was listening on the drive home. Yeah, so all, all yeah, of the are, yeah Henry and Dallas would be nice behind equally. That line. Yeah, equally like yeah. those are the landing spots for all those guys. I think I don't. I can't even like Jacobs in Dallas. How can we say you can't see that? You know, yeah. you could see Henry in Dallas. You could see Barkley in Dallas. Dallas, and the thing, the thing that I thought, like this is this is me being logical, but obviously stupid, is I thought KC would look look at the rest of their division and conference and go, how do we level up? Bring in DeAndre Hopkins. Who cares? It's nothing. It's it's chump change at the end of the day. What you're paying Hopkins, you know, at the end of the day, the cap's movable. It's nothing. He's an older player. Like why? Why would you? Why would you not do that? Why would you not bring in DeAndre Hopkins? And they didn't, you know. And then I look at Philly and I say, why wouldn't Philly trade for Derrick Henry? Why wouldn't Philly uh, sign DeAndre Hopkins? Why wouldn't the Bengals sign DeAndre Hopkins? Why wouldn't the Bengals bring in, um, you know, one of these guys? that's just sitting there, nobody does. They don't do it. So, like, I want to say, you know, logically, Dallas is going to say, we need a running back to get over the hump. That's all we need. We just need a workhorse, Saquon Barkley. Saquon Barkley feels like a lock to go to one of those four teams. Baltimore, Dallas, Houston, and um, Chargers. It feels like a lock to go to one of those, in my opinion. But Dallas, if well, you're then, da- can you imagine Lamar Jackson with uh, Derrick Henry? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like I, I'm not saying that's Henry's scary. got enough <laughs> left in the tank to be the same guy, but he'll definitely be no. what they need and be you know it's, scary enough to get two touchdowns in a game and just kind of be a force or whatever. But I just don't but understand. I just don't understand how Dallas and they could. They, like I said, I I could just be stupid thinking there's logic involved. How does Dallas not sit down in a boardroom and go, guys? 
let's get Barkley and finish this, you know? Or how the Baltimore Ravens can't say we were a Final Four team and we left it all sitting there because we couldn't do this, we couldn't do that. Let's go get Barkley and finish this. How are you not the Houston Texans going, we are really right at the knocking at the door. We don't need we don't need to build. We're not a young team that's got a bright future. We're a team now that's that is the now. We're ready to win a, a Super Bowl now. Let's go get Barkley and get it done. And and the Chargers, you know, same thing. Um, they could draft Blake Corum in the second round or something like that, um, but to not go get a workhorse running back for a team that wants to balance out and become the Mich- they're going to be the Michigan Michigan Wolverines like they're going to be the, they're going to be a Michigan football team. This is going to be a hard nosed balanced defense. Herbert doesn't have to do it all, but will be efficient because of that. This is going to be one of those teams. And so, like, how do you not see Barkley or Henry or someone like that, Jacobs, in in, char- in a Chargers uniform? I don't know. All right, boys, I'm going to let you go. Appreciate you. mentioned you. The DeAndre Hopkins, too. Oh, sorry. I was just wondering how Kansas City never got around to picking up Mike Evans. Same thing. Yeah, stupid. It's a stupidity. Yeah. It's crazy. All right, boys, I'll see you. I'll, right, I, might, I, I might go on Rumble for a minute if anybody wants to jump on Rumble. I'm not sure. I might just wait till tomorrow. I haven't done Rumble for, for a day and a half now, and I I, I feel <laughs> I don't want to force it, though. I'm going to force I'll just do it in the morning. I'll do it tomorrow. We'll be on Rumble tomorrow. Yeah. All right, yeah, see, see you Good stuff, Smitty. See Everybody you guys have a good night. La- later. Uh, thanks to Perps. Uh, thank you, Rock Out. Appreciate you. Thanks to Perps for for dropping all the super chats and wads tonight. Perps of the freaking moon. Lancaster, appreciate you. Perps, Perps of the freaking moon. Let's send Perps to Saturn, to be honest. Perps doesn't belong on the moon. That's Saturn. Saturn, man. Honestly, probably need to send him to Neptune at this point. Uh, Perps, appreciate you. Guys, emergency live stream. We had to come do it. London is a freaking Mars man. He's on a shuttle to Mars. Mars man. Loads dropping and spinning aimlessly in space. See you all tomorrow. Uh, probably do a rumble show tomorrow, not tonight. I'll see you all later. Appreciate you. Perps to Saturn. Hold on a second. How many people are in here? How many people are in here? 75? Should we do Rumble? Should we do Rumble? What topic would we talk about on Rumble real real quickly? Real quickly on Rumble. I'm talking like a 10, 15-minute show max. 10-minute show max. What, What are we talking about on Rumble? Someone give me a topic on Rumble. Seventy-five people in here. If we could get it, if we could get the majority of people over to Rumble, we should do it. But what's the topic if we go to Rumble? Sixty-six. Hey, Whoa! Why would we just drop from seventy-five to sixty-six? Let's. What are we doing here? Are we going to do Rumble or not? Um. Here's the Rumble link. Perps says twenty twenty dollar hauler. Okay, Perps is saying he, Perps is saying he wants it. <laughs> oh, Perps, man, great emergency live stream. It was awesome content. Thank you, uh, Perps. Rumble, Rumble. Running backs going. 
I guess we should talk about the free agent running backs. Let's do that. That's a good topic. We already kind of hit it right now, but we could continue on that conversation. So we'll talk about the free agent running backs. That, that I, Even though we're going to kind of like repeat some of what we just said, it'll be a good topic. And if you guys want to call in again that we're on the phone line, you can. All right, go over to Rumble. I'll see you there. Rumble, here's the link. Appreciate you. Uh, uh, hit that link right there. Rumble.com slash the fantasy football show. We're going on Rumble right now. Thank you, Perps. Appreciate you. Perps to Saturn. Freaking Saturn. Perps. 